Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM. Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Beer Cast, Minnesota's premier show for beer. I'm Drew. Hey, Drew. That's my man, Schmitty. Nice to meet you. How you doing? Good, man. All right, you're looking good today. Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> and we are recording at uh, Utapils today. Is, uh, is, is that the correct way to pronounce it? We've got Dan here, of course, from yeah. Utapils. We've That's got Justin from Omni Brewing. How, what is the, the, the pronunciation, the word? It's, it's not familiar to most folks. Utapils. That's how I like to say Familiarize it. Familiarize us, Dan. I, I call it Utapils. Utapils. See? See? I, was, so, I nailed but, it. You, you know, got it. Long, it was right on. You got it. As long as someone says it and the bartender interprets it right, I'm all happy. <laughs> it's, that's, that's a brilliant marketing strategy to get people talking about it. We put the, uh, the pronunciation even on the tap handles because we know the bartender is going to get asked. <laughs> what, are, what are some of the uh, oddest way, odder ways that you've heard it pronounced? Otter ways, I don't know. Um, it's Uteples is the most common Uteples, one. Uteples, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I assume it has something related to the fact they like to tipple. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it's with the people that have accents, and sometimes it's kind of fun to hear them say it. Yeah. Um, now, you had told us, I, uh, I, I'm positive, I'm nearly positive, that, that you told us the origin story of the name once before, but for new listeners or sure. or for me to uh, re- help me refresh my memory, what's the origin of the of the name Utapils? Well, the name is origin is that I was having some road rage and so my wife was trying to call me down and so she's <laughs> reading an article off Facebook that was about words that don't translate into English, and as we went through the list, we started laughing when she told me what Utapils meant, which is the anticipation and excitement to have the first beer outside in the sunshine with your friends after a long, cold, dark winter of being f- stuck inside. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, that resonated with me. And everybody that we ever talked to that weekend just kept laughing when they tried to say the word. Uh-huh. And we thought, that's kind of fun. Yeah. And what's really what we do is we sell fun. You know, yeah. I. I People say you sell beer, and I said, no, not really. I mean, there's beer everywhere, but if you're not having fun drinking my beer, then you'll buy somebody else's beer. So beer's out there. It's the fun factor that we got to always try to reach for. And that is a very real feeling, that anticipation of, you know, you're getting towards the end of winter, you can see that springtime light at the end of the tunnel, and you just start imagining that first day when it's nice enough to sit out on the deck or sit out in your yard with your friends and have a couple uh, have a couple of cold ones around a bonfire. Oh, it's, it's universal if you've lived in cold climates. I mean, I think everybody knows that feeling, that is in that situation or at some point lived in that situation. I, I liken it to the Corona ads. I mean, every Corona ad is a beautiful couple on the beach, right? But I'm going to bet that maybe 2% of all Coronas drank on the beach. But it's that image, that that right. feeling of wanting to sit there, drink a cold beer, look at the ocean. That's what drives us. So that's our image. Is just Our image is that nose pressed against a frozen pane of glass, <laughs> dreaming that I could be outside in my garage, in my fishing boat, whatever, yeah. having a beer again with my friends. I feel like there should be a, a converse concept here in Minnesota where... Uh, you know, we you're have a not beautiful woman with a plate of, of meat That's walking right. through here. So. And, and better, she's offering that meat up to you right. on a I stick. Know. It's almost meat. like the state fair. <laughs> and it's a Pills beer, beer broth. And Thank we should so explain much. why there's a beautiful woman here offering meat. Um, you've got Deutschland meats here, Dan. Let's talk a little about that and what's going on here at Uta Pills before sure. I 
actually, let me let me tell you before I lose the thought. I was going to say there should be a converse to Utapils for Minnesota. It should be squeezing the last fall beer in before wow. winter comes. Yeah, we need our own word. We do. <laughs> we do. Right. Are you on that? I, but, you know, I'll think of it. Let's let, let, let's maybe assign. We can, maybe we can use the hive of the Facebook mind. I was going to say, let's word. assign that to the hive mind of our Twitterverse followers. <laughs> and use the hashtag uh, MNBeerCast and uh, right. and let us know what you think that word would be. That would be that would describe squeezing in those last fall nights of, of beers before it just gets too cold. All right, back to the meat. All right, <laughs> back to the meat. Let's get back, <laughs> back to, to the, the important really stuff. <laughs> so we're at Oktoberfest. Um, this is our first one. We're a brand new brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, so we thought we'd go really hardcore traditional. Um, we're going to have a wedding. We're going to have a vow renewal. We've got a fest beer. Um, and so one of our uh, favorite places to go when we were planning the brewery a long, long time ago was the Glockenspiel over in St. Paul. Rest and, in peace. Yes, everybody wiped the tears away. Right. Um, but Marty and Joyce also have a food truck, um, and they have... Uh, Marty is a native German who meat cutter who has a butchery um, up in Lindstrom and called Deutschland Meats uh, in addition to formerly owning the Glockenspiel and so they've got an awesome grill machine truck outside so instead of having our usual assortment of food trucks we're grilling Deutschland meets all weekend long here, and we've got brats, we've got uh, chicken drummies, which are actually the size of uh, a regular giant chicken leg. It's amazing. Um, and the food's delicious. we got pretzels. Um, it's really just very, very traditional, meaty, and, and fun. I yeah. can I can wholly endorse at least half of the menu at this point. I've had the uh, the pork steak. Yep. I've had the uh, the bratwurst made with the Utapils. Uh, I've also had the uh, the cheddar and uh, the pepper uh, sausage. The smoked jalapeno, jalapeno cheddar smoked jalapeno. Oh man! Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking at Phenomenal. the menu right now. You got Schwein steak, which is the the pork steak. Mm-hmm. You got the drummies he mentioned. The smoked jalapeno. Jalapeno cheddar, the original classic brat. They've also got pretzels, burgers, hot dogs, curry worst. I, I can I'm guarantee intrigued. you he is reading the menu because he is drooling on his beard right now. Yeah. After after the show, there will be meats consumed. Yeah, it looks amazing. How, how important is it to uh, the folks here at Uta Pills to... To convey the authentic experience to everybody here in Minneapolis. It's extremely important. It's the ethos of what we are. I mean, um, we, in our selection of beers, our whole name, the European style uh, thing that we kind of try to promote, um, it's not just beers that were invented in Europe. It's the way of approaching beer and life. And we try to reach back. So if we brew... Uh, a Kolsch-style beer, we get the grain that's grown around Cologne, Germany. Same thing that a true Kolsch brewer would use. Um, it's just that authenticity is that we're trying to seek. I mean, I love a good IPA, um, but it, there's a lot of IPAs out there. So we just went a little bit left with what we wanted to do, which is sessionable beers. And so we've just committed to foundationally doing it as traditionally as we can uh, while embracing high tech. So in terms of actually the making and production of it. Um, but that's why we were brainstorming what to do for Oktoberfest. And I asked everybody around the table, what is Oktoberfest? Why is there one? And nine out of ten people go, oh, it's a harvest festival, right? It's the fall. It's, it's all about the harvest. And I'm like, no, it's a wedding reception. And every year, 
it renews itself into another three-week party. So it's not just a drunken party. It's a drunken party with a purpose. Right. We're going to celebrate love and a wedding. Yeah. So not that's that you what need we a purpose for a drunken do. party. That's why we named the beer Receptionnel. You know, we're really going off the whole wedding and love theme, and that's why we're doing the events that we're doing tomorrow. Um, so the, the, the authenticity to me is that there's a real meaning behind it, and, yeah. and let's embrace the meaning and go with it. No, I, I love I love the fact that you guys are, are taking the concept of American Craft Brewery and bringing it back to its roots, right? I mean, the, the incarnation of of what's happening here in America with the influx of, of small breweries, craft breweries, nano breweries, it all gets its roots, its heritage, if you will, from... Europe. I mean, that's that's where we get our love of beer is from these German immigrants that come to America and really bring their love of that beer here and let those those seeds be sown. Really, yeah, it is. And and in, and you see the market evolving as people get exposed to good beer. Um, you know, it started out as all ales, and obviously we make ales, uh, but. The lager dominates the world beer market for a reason. A clean, crisp, um, they don't need to be bland and boring. It's just that's what people kind of associate it with it because of what's out there for macro brew. Yeah. But a really well-made Pilsner is just a beautiful thing. It really is. And it's harder to make. It takes more time. It's a commitment of resources. And so for craft brewing, when it started out, you know, in the 80s and 90s, um, you know, you have small businesses tying up a fermenter for six, eight, ten weeks. Right. That's crazy. You can make a lot more beer quicker when you're doing ales. And so that's why the American consumer really thinks of craft beer as ales. I want to delve a little bit more into that angle because I do think it's, uh, I, I think Schmitty hit on something pretty interesting where, the, you know, the roots of the of the craft beer explosion really do come from a love of the imports, mm-hmm. right? The, the beers that were coming over here from That's from where Europe. I cut my teeth. That's where I cut mine as well. But let's take a quick break. We'll continue this conversation recording live from Utapils for their Oktoberfest. It's going on all weekend. So get out of here. The uh, the 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 meat truck. What's it called? Sorry, Deutschland Meats. Deutschland Meats. Just call it the meat truck. The meat truck. You're going to be here <laughs> till Sunday. So uh, so make sure to uh, to get out here this weekend. We'll be right back. Best. Welcome back to the Minnesota BeerCast. Happy Friday night, everybody. Thanks for choosing to spend some of it with us, or if you're listening via podcast, uh, we are available on the iHeartRadio app. Just download the free and easy iHeartRadio app. Search Minnesota BeerCast. You'll find our channel on there. It's our exclusive channel on there, and all of our archive programs are available there. It's also on iTunes, on Spreaker. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find the Minnesota BeerCast. And as always, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. Yeah. And give us a follow or a like or whatever on whichever platform you're talking about. Yeah, you know, the show's available pert near anywhere. Our MySpace page is coming soon. Well, it's, it's, under, it's construction. under construction. Right. I've got to get a, a MIDI, uh, you know, <laughs> soundtrack I'm going to put up there soon. It's uh, it's still it's still a little under work. Yeah. But it'll, and I've got it'll some really cool, like, glittery uh, gifts <laughs> that, uh, that I'm working on with the show logo. <laughs> got to get that theme down. So it's going to be pretty exciting. <laughs> we are recording live from Udapils for their Oktoberfest. It's going on all weekend long. Uh, we're, we're out here on Friday. Uh, this is all going on until Sunday. Tons of great beers on tap. Deutschland meets 
the meat truck, as I affectionately <laughs> dubbed it. Yeah, let's let's talk a little about the music, Dan. What? Uh, in fact, let's talk about the entire celebration. What uh, what can folks expect when they come out here to Utapils? Sure. So we've uh, we've kind of reconfigured the the main tap room area. We've made the long communal tables. We've decorated with the I the love white the Bavarian look man. to it all. Um, and then we've added a, a blue and white tent outside, so mm -hmm. we've got an outdoor beer truck uh, trailer. Um, so we've got some m options. You can be inside, you can be outside. We've got Hammerschlagel. We've got um, uh, music tonight. We've got a live band playing now. It's just started at 5 o'clock, and we'll run into the evening. Uh, tomorrow, all uh, day long, we're going to be uh, having a... Uh, some more traditional uh, German polka type stuff Little going Oompa, on. Oompa music going oh, yeah. on. We're going to have some feats of strength. So, anybody out there with the. Will we be able to spot uh, individuals in Lederhosen? I think you'll probably be able to spot some Lederhosen. <laughs> I, personally, I'm looking at the Drindles, but you know, you, you look at what you want to look at. I, we I we learned last week Mike from uh, Bauhaus says if you need, Lederhosen.com is the spot to get yeah. hooked up. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. I'm going to check it out. It's that time of year. Get some rush shipping on that. I, I, I do have an Amazon Prime membership. I don't know if that carries over to Lederhosen.com, but... I'm not sure, but I can tell you when oh. I bought my Lederhosen, it was a very interesting experience in Germany. <laughs> They don't really respect the fitting room. Right. They feel like you're having trouble. They're right in there helping you, and they're stuffing and pushing and <laughs> adjusting. And, you know, it's, it's, it's very, um, you know, my wife is just right outside the door, ma'am. Right. Um, this, right. Is, this is a little bit making me freaked out. Uh, but the pants really fit, I can tell you that. It's snug, but it works. <laughs> very good. Awesome. Well, we, when we left off the last segment, we were talking a little about... Uh, ales versus lagers. For us, we have a, a, a image of where we wanted to go with the beers. Um, so the, the reality for us is that you know we we do try to listen to what people are saying, but we had a plan with what we wanted to introduce. Now, plans are something you know people create, and and uh, the best reality plans, is uh, right? that uh, people surprise you. You know, so you then you react to it. I mean, that's what you hope to do. Um, you know, we have an alt, uh, not a super common style. Just, I wanted can you it. Describe that style for people that may not be familiar with it. Sure, it's a, it's basically uh, I I would call it kind of a brown ale, German brown ale. Alt means old in German, so it's the old-fashioned way of, of making beer, ales. Um, ales were what everybody made for about 7,000 years until somebody discovered uh, a yeast that would work at cold temperatures, and we, we have this newfangled thing now called a lager in the 1800s. Uh, but the Germans kept that old style, uh, and it's, so it's it's actually, in our version, more of a copper color. It's very uh, balanced between a malt uh, beer and a hot beer. Um, so I always think it goes in my mouth, and I'm always surprised because sometimes it tastes kind of malty and then all of a sudden it flips over and it's hoppy and then, man, no, it's malty and I, I can't ever make it in my mind. It's kind of balanced on the knife edge. Some people call that balance. It's a way, yeah, but it kind of flops back and forth. I'm like a seesaw. All within one swallow. I, right? I, I love it. Um, but, so I said, Eric, I want you to make an alt. And he's like, sounds good to me. Um, and But in our business plan, we thought that would be 4 or 5% of our sales. And the first month in our taproom, it probably was. But because nobody asked for it but we would suggest it to people or they would try the sampler and it's just grown it's now 18 percent of our sales um, so we had five core beers and all of them are within basically 16 to 22 percent 
they're they're just it's like five horses running down the track um you know and we don't really know the early leader was the ipa because everybody walks in and goes i want the ipa give me your ipa you know uh or if they're going to drink one or three one to three beers in their visit for sure they're going to try the ipa um and over time the other ones get tried and they develop a following and so now it's out in the marketplace let's say in terms of cans in terms of bar and restaurant placements it's the uh the hefeweizen ewald uh and our copacetta Kolsch style yeah. that are really the ones that are leading out for us i was gonna ask volume. how's the how's the hefeweizen do doing because you don't see a lot of tap rooms a lot of the craft brewers a lot of the microbrewers uh you brew in that style no i and and i'll just be honest it's amazing um i i just the feedback we get is is incredible yeah it's um, really good that's i just finished one <laughs> everybody just tells us you're crazy you can't start with a half of in february um but we did it's good you uh, can <laughs> well that's i guess that's what we're here right? but you i know? drink imperial thoughts in july so yeah. there you go um <laughs> but you know and and my, and my Beer distributor goes, we can't launch a Hefeweizen in August at the end of summer. Nobody launches a Hefeweizen out into the marketplace in cans. Um, well, that's what we're going to do because everybody loves the beer. Right. So we're just going to do it. And and you know, people are like, well, that's a seasonal beer. And you go into the bar and you say, hey, well, we don't want to launch that now. And they're like, but you got Blue Moon on. Well, yeah, of course we got that on. You going to take it off because it's the fall? No. Here, let me give well, you a bag of orange peels. You can serve with it then, right? <laughs> you know, I'm like, the style is a style. If it's a good beer and people like it, yeah. we think they're going to drink it year-round. Um, and we'll yeah. just find I out if we're right. I don't seasonal know. Seasonal beers, but a good beer... You know, is something that, like like Schmitty said, if it, if if I've got a really good imperial stout in front of me, I'm not going to go. Well, damn, it's summer, can't drink it. I mean, you know, it's right. I'm going to turn drink. the air conditioning up. Let's let's have an imperial stout, <laughs> or let's uh, sit outside by the campfire at night and drink yeah. our imperial stout. Yeah, right. absolutely. You know, I mean, there's always a time and place. Mm-hmm. You know, for everything, but. Well, and maybe half the time it's your mindset, but but honest to goodness, it's it's if it's good, it's good, and and if you're going to enjoy it, you're going to enjoy it regardless of the beer, regardless of the time of year. Right, right. And and half the time, it's what you're doing and what you're enjoying. Are you having a plate of food where it's going to pair tremendously well with a heffy, or is it going to be an imperial stout? Right? right. Those things are not relegated to seasons or times of year. Mm-hmm. And for us, I mean, we. Feel figured coming into the marketplace there's a certain audience of people who drink craft beer now and we're going to get those people to try us and some are going to like us and some are going to you know like other people and so they're going to bounce around but what i'm interested in is that next 10 to 12 percent of market share people who have been watching people drink craft beer and have resisted getting into it how do we get those people in because if we look at similar demographic markets we're at 30 and 40 percent market share for craft but we're only probably somewhere between 12 and 14. that's an interesting question and we'll kind of let's do a round table sort of thoughts on that uh we're going to take a quick break more from the minnesota beer cast recording live from utpils recording live recording live that's what we're doing <laughs> i'm alive <laughs> we'll talk to you after this on am 1130 and 103.5 fm twin cities news talk Welcome back to 
to the Minnesota BeerCast. We're having way too much fun out here at the Oktoberfest celebration weekend at Utrecht going on all the way through Sunday. Yes. And the beer stays on until you drink it all up. <laughs> you can probably hear the uh, hammer schlagging in yeah. the background. Yeah. The, the Somebody did really schlagging. well a moment ago. Right? Yeah. They're tossing some bags over there, too, I think. You that might be that the funk uh, in the background. There's, there's plenty of activity going on here. Activity for the entire know, uh, family. Live music going on inside and the, the meat truck. <laughs> <laughs> you love that, right? The meat truck. We should just have them going. I will say, we, we talked about the meat truck earlier, the uh, Deutschland meats. Uh, phenomenal. Definitely check them out. Um, but uh, one of the things I really loved is they've got a little menu here, and you guys have made suggestions on the menu on what to enjoy with the meats that people are ordering. I think that's I think that's brilliant. That should happen Not every place. Not enough places place. do that. That should happen every place. Yeah. And I wish I could take credit for it. But honestly, uh, Joyce and um, Marty are are fans. They come in and they hang out here. And so they know our beers super well. Um, And they came back and and worked on the pairings with the staff. Um, I would have liked to have been part of that. You know, here, let's try this and drink this. And it would have been a good evening. But I unfortunately personally can't take credit for it. I was off doing other things that were also fun. But um, we could get into that later if we want to. But... I think the the pairing thing is fun because one of the great things about the guest DJ just arrived about beer. <laughs> Time to drop the mic. Awesome! We have a new guest. We have a new guest. <laughs> His name is Marley, I think. No, gnarly. Gnarly. <laughs> I you know I think I think you know that that's brilliant to be able to to pair the the food with the beer. I think that's a, a component that's missing in in the craft beer scene, especially locally. It doesn't get talked about enough. I'll go into brew pubs where that's your shtick is being able to have a restaurant with a brewery attached and you don't suggest a beer that I'm supposed to have that you brew in house with with food that you make in house and you're not you're not trying to give me the pentultimate experience that I could have well it's just like what sauce do you serve with the dish you know um, it's part of all the stuff that's going into your mouth and creating sensations of flavor and aroma and texture and if you're you know eating spicy Thai food or you're having barbecue versus having you know um, a spaghetti or a white pasta dish the the flavor sensations that you're going on and that intensity of flavor is totally different so which beers pair with that is something that makes sense we yeah. we don't t- not talk about which kind of wine to have with different foods yeah, we it, realize you go in that any that's decent going restaurant together. you know in any decent restaurant and the server is going to be trained to recommend a wine should be with well usually right you know for the, for the most part usually yeah. the servers are going to be trained to maybe suggest, that's how you define it suggest, that's a good restaurant <laughs> right yeah <laughs> but uh, but it's 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 not very rare but it's pretty rare to have a server be able to tell you knowledgeably you know which which beer that you should uh, you should enjoy with your meal it is encouraging to see that start to happen a little more and a little more it's creeping out a little more, more. and more it needs yeah. to happen a lot more in my opinion you brought up an interesting uh, quandary at the end of the last segment how do we get that next 10 to 12 percent market share of the people that still are consuming macros you know and that's what they and, and you know drink what you like i'm not you know drink if that's what you like that's what you like but when you suggest a craft beer to them i hear it all the time and and I, I can think of a couple specific people that I like play cards with and stuff. Um, you, you'll suggest a, a microbrew. When you look, you look at what they drink and you're suggesting something that you think they'll like, and they'll always say something like, well, I don't like dark beers. 
or you know I don't like hoppy beers and it's like sure. they don't even want to try it it's just that well, that mental hurdle but I I get it like my my wife is not gonna like an IPA when when I suggest a beer to my wife who's not a fan of of bitter flavors I I tend to suggest to her things that are are along the the Belgian route things that highlight the the characteristics of yeasts or things that are along the you know even even fruitier stuff you know things that are not going to highlight those those bitter flavors it's just a matter of people's preferences I mean, it's just how it is. So how do you how do you get somebody? And you know, both of you could probably speak to this. You know, having I mean, you know, your job is to sell your beers. Uh, you know, if somebody has that sort of initial objection of just something so broad and generic of, I don't like dark beers, or I don't like hoppy beers. Yeah. You know, what do you, so, how do you I, go overcome that hurdle? What we try to do in our tap room is really rely on the staff training to do that. So the example I like to give is we have uh, omnipotent, which is our Scotch Ale, and it's a very complex beer, nine different malts. Um, we really try to um, push that to people who enjoy red wine, and we, we use that as a connection point of, do you like red wine? Why don't you just give this a try? Um, we're mm-hmm. very open to give out samples as much as we need to to get people to try the beer the first time. Um, and we've had great success with that with the Scotch Ale, linking it up with red wine. Uh, we have Lake Day, which is one of our core beers and cans. We like to call it the gateway drug to craft beer. <laughs> and we're able to kind of sell that to someone that comes in and says, you know, I drink Coors Light. I drink Domestic Light. You know, we, we say, well, why don't you just try this? And I've even had success with my own father getting him from a domestic light drinker started with that beer and now he'll drink any of our beers the, and he loves them the mythical gateway craft beer right i mean it's 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 a real thing i remember back in the day my my dad drank milwaukee's best more more than one of those milwaukee's best might have disappeared from the case back in the day but now my dad there's craft beer in his fridge. Yeah. And he's he's going on 70. And that that's that's a big deal. It's another thing we see a lot in our tap room is the connection between generations, whether it's a father-son, um, a mother and her son or daughter. And we see that a lot in our tap room of that connection point between generations. And it's just an awesome thing to see of, you know, the children sharing something they love with their parents and their parents becoming probably bigger craft fans than their children so Mm -hmm. it's a great thing to see and i think that's going to continue to get us to that next uh, bit of market share we want yeah i think the points you made right away at the beginning were the were key the conversation that has to occur between human beings people who are, are an advocate for delicious beer and people who are curious they're there they're 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 hoping you're going to be able to make that connection and so having an educated staff having the willingness to have a human to human dialogue about what the flavors are and i think one of the the things that human nature when you get passionate about something it's kind of like you know I, I sometimes refer to it as like discovering religion you get super evangelical you've got to convince everybody and you get really intense and like oh my god I want the hoppiest thing and I mean I'm exploring I'm exploring I'm getting into the whole range of the flavors and then you want to share that with your friends and so you grab this super intense thing that you've discovered and drop it on somebody who drinks Coors Light and they're like yuck you know they're not there 
Um, or you, as, as you mentioned, Schmitty, you know, a lot of women prefer sweeter things versus hoppier things. Not all, but I mean, as a general characteristic, if you're not matching up with their general flavor profile, that you're not going to go there. So the, the first thing you do is get a super bitter IPA and hand it to a person who likes sweets they're probably not going to react well. But that's where knowing and having a conversation makes all the difference. Um, yeah. And that's one of the, the things, you know, we have our mythological gateway beer. We call it our, our Kolsch-style uh, mm-hmm. beer because I think of it as something now having been through that whole range of, oh, I discovered beer, I got hoppy, I got sour, and I got, oh, all of a sudden I decided I actually just kind of want to fade back into flavor that doesn't overburst the things I eat and everything else. Um, that's a discovery process but when you're in that arc of passion you just want to tell everybody about the most crazy new thing you found and so what I do is I love the Kolsch because you know it's something that if you've been through all kinds of beers you can settle in and appreciate the subtleties of it and if you're brand new and you're just stepping in to trying the next beer that's a little bit stronger than a Miller Lite it's not going to blow you away. Yeah. You know, it's going to go, wait, this is fairly light. It's not too dark. Oh, it's kind of flavorful. I, you know, it's, I, I, you know, maybe I could drink this. You know, okay, now, yeah, it is pretty good. You know, and maybe that is what we need to do is, is stop trying to impress people that aren't drinking craft beer, let's call it, with the biggies. Just start with the soft sell and have a conversation about what they kind of like in other things. Yeah, it's almost like the people who have started with craft beer 10, 15, 20 years ago maybe even, and the people who just want to get into craft beer are at the same point, right? They're they're hopped out, they're malted out, they're soured out, they just want a, a balanced, easy approach to beer again, right? Yeah, I could see I can see both angles. I, f- I find myself in that situation. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a hop head, and I always I always lean towards the the hoppier beers. But there'll be periods of time where it's like, you know, that's I, that's not what I want. You know, I just want a nice, smooth, crisp, easy to drink pilsner, lager, or maybe something a little more malty. Yeah, absolutely. And one other thing, as far as getting to that next 10 to 12 percent, I think Uda Pills is clearly doing it with what's going on now. We strive to do it as well, and that's just become a part of the community and make those connections to those people and when you make that connection I'll tell you for sure they'll like your beer a lot more Um, and you know making the personal connection doing something great in the community gets them in to try it and that is probably 90% of the battle well that's yeah people are going to be I don't know. I was going to say forgiving, but that's not the right word because that's like apologizing. But people are going to be more. They're, they're going to. They're going to. They're going to like your beer a lot more. They're take ownership if they feel like you're a neighbor. You know, if you're their local tap room, they're going to go out of their way and they're going to. They're going to. Yeah, that's crucial, and that yeah. I think is a huge part of what's made craft beer seen in Minnesota, but nationwide. Uh, Absolutely, and, and Omni's coming up on on two years in in their community, and let's let's talk about that a little bit more. When we come back after this break. You're listening to Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and 103.5 FM. Minnesota Beercast final segment out here uh, out of Oodapils. I'm sad 
sad that the show is ending. We're having a good time. But I'm, just because the show is ending doesn't mean we have to leave. Yeah, no, I'm going to eat more meat. I'm going to play Hammerschlagen. I'm going to smoke a cigar. Yeah. Uh, this is fantastic. I did bring some cigars. Did did bring some cigars. And, and uh, let's do a quick plug on next week's show. Okay. On uh, next week's show, we will be, uh, we're going to be talking cigars, probably to a couple segments mm-hmm. on cigars next week. We're going to uh, talk to a guy from a company called Deployment Cigars. It's a new cigar company, and it's uh, they're doing some really cool stuff working with the military, providing cigars to troops deployed overseas. Absolutely. So that's a little preview for next week's episode. But we left off talking with uh, Omni here. Yeah, absolutely. Justin from Omni Brewing. We're kind of talking about the, the second anniversary. Congratulations on two years. Thank you very much. What does it mean to Omni Brewing to, uh, to make it to that two-year mark? It's, you know, it's really exciting. I mean, I think we can't believe it's two years sometimes, and sometimes we think it's, like, been 40 years and all this stuff we've been going through. <laughs> Depending but. on the day, you've got mixed feelings, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, you know, going into something like we did, um, you know, we're we're a highly leveraged brewery, went into the suburbs and didn't know much on how we would be received there, so to be at two years feels pretty good. What's uh, Highlight the, the, the high points of the festival for us. What are you guys going to do for the, the two-year anniversary? Yeah, so when we do these uh, anniversary birthday parties, we like to really celebrate, so we are trying to do everything. And it's the um, 22nd, right? Yeah, 22nd through the 24th, so not this weekend, but next weekend. Right. Um, we will have uh, live comedy on Friday night, the first time we've done comedy in the tap room. Very cool. Uh, Friday will be kind of our hoppy beer day theme, so we're going to do uh, our first uh, milkshake IPA, raspberry milkshake IPA, and we also have a uh, Northeast-style double IPA we'll be doing limited bottles of. Um, we are calling it FAD, F-A-D. Um, stands for freaking Not awesome, inappropriate. It <laughs> yeah. is not inappropriate. I like, I like the wink and the nod. Yeah, so freaking awesome delicious uh, double IPA. We'll have about 100 bottles of that and obviously on tap as well. Um, Saturday is going to be a sour theme day, our first sour beer, which we're calling the sour one. Um, <laughs> and we'll have live music all day. We've got a market. And then Sunday is a little more family friendly. We've got a 5K. We're setting up a uh, mini golf course and we will have our fresh hop beer release. So three be- new beer releases or four new beer li- releases. Um, and a big, just kind of big weekend of events. All right, so information that's really pertinent to me and my family situation, nine hole or 18 hole mini golf? I believe we are doing nine. Uh, it will be a free will donation um, to, that goes to charity, so. My, my kid, my six year old cannot get enough mini golf. He is a fanatic. <laughs> we have been all over the Twin Cities playing mini golf. He, he absolutely loves it. So I'm, what are the stakes? You know, <laughs> beating you yet? Steaks? Did somebody say meat truck? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not even sure what that's going to end up entailing. Vicky, who does a lot of events for us, is working on it. I'm just excited to see what she comes up with. So, But one of the questions I like to ask when we talk about anniversaries and milestones is high points and, and learning opportunities. What's been the coolest thing to happen at Omni Brewing in the last two years? What, what have you guys really set the bar high on? The coolest thing from my standpoint um, is definitely seeing you know local people come into the tap room and, and form relationships in our tap room um, and now are great friends and um, from our, and also really being invested in us we have 
we have a cribbage league that um, customers just kind of took as their own. They formed a board and they run the cribbage league. And we have a kind of a community outreach program that we set up, but we got five customers that are on the board and they donate their time to run our community outreach and donation and, and volunteer program. So it's just seeing those relationships and I have many of my own built through the tap room. That's easily been the coolest thing. And, uh, and most, uh, most, I guess, what's the, the thing that was the hardest thing to learn in, in doing a, a, a tap room slash brewery? The hardest thing to learn would be um, running a brewery without a lot of capital. <laughs> so, um, right, and, and just all the work that goes into it from from every brewery. I mean, we we've been we've already expanded our capacity, made our tap room bigger, added a patio. Um, so, just kind of always adding on and trying to make it better and trying to put all the money back in is has been a challenge, but it's also really cool to see how far it's come in two years. Now, uh, you guys are both going to be at ABR this coming weekend on, on Saturday. It's the 17th annual ABR. Uh, do you guys have any, any big plans for the Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild? I mean, it's not, I guess, not the, the marquee event. Maybe that's Winterfest. But ABR has got a long, fantastic history. One of my favorite, absolutely favorite festivals over at the old uh, brewery in northeast Minneapolis. What, uh, what do you guys each bring into to the festival? Yeah, so from Omni's standpoint, we are going to preview this Raspberry Milkshake IPA there. Um, Jason, our assistant brewer, will be there, and it's kind of this his. This is what you poured for us, right? That is this it's one. Yeah, delicious. Which, by the way, rocks. Thank yeah. you. Delicious. I'll give a preview to the preview. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, you've got <laughs> it's really good. A, a, a whole bunch of citric and mosaic that go into that, dry hopped, which really comes out on the nose, and then the raspberry to finish it off. Um, and again, Jason, our assistant brewer, is kind of his dream, so go by to ABR and talk to Jason about it. Um, he'd love to talk more about it. And Dan, how about how about uh, Udupils? So I think we're bringing four beers out. Um, it's a good showing. Yeah, well, you know, there's four taps, so you might as well bring four beers, right? There you go. Um, and I think we'll have the fest beer out there is probably uh, our most unique thing, as you know, as as you guys are aware, but maybe not the listeners, is that you know we're built as a production brewery, so we make large volumes of a few beers, so we don't have the ability to do as many of the the, the one-offs and that type of thing. So investing into creating the, our fest beer uh, was kind of a dedication. We did it as a lager beer, so that tied one of our six fermenters up for a long time um, so that's gonna be our one really unique one that we bring out there um, but ABR is a long history I'm you know I can tell lots of tales of, of things that have been associated with it over the years but um, having been involved for a long long time um, and honestly it's one of the the foundational reasons why we are the type of brewery that we are because back in the day when there was just 20 Minnesota breweries and or 25 or 30 you know it was, it was small times at the end of the festival we'd all go out drinking together right and we'd always end up at, at places like the Gostoff in Northeast and all these brewers that were making IPAs and chocolate cherry stouts would all end up in the basement drinking big lagers you know German Steins German lagers you know right. like all these guys who can make anything what are we doing we're drinking big beers um, you know and, and telling lies uh, about what was going on in our business so 
to me that was that was where it was eventually going to get to. They got into the, through the cycle quicker than the rest of us. Uh, Absolutely, and so I, I took my lesson from that. Very cool. Yeah, it's it's fun to see ABR evolve. It's it's taken 17 years, but it's 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 great. They've got an app now, uh, and at the time of this recording, there are still tickets available. If you're interested, and you should be interested, go grab some tickets. There'll be a link in the show notes. Uh, grab the app. Uh, check out all the beers that are there. Go ahead and rate them because rating is the thing to do. You want to share your opinion with others because it matters. Um, give them but, all five bottle caps. <laughs> five give bottle them caps them for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to mention those important things. No, it's a fantastic thing. festival. It's a Plan your ride. Right? Plan your ride. Plan your ride. Absolutely. It's, uh, you're going to have a choice of a, a jillion beers. There are uh, a lot of delicious beer there. You're yeah. going to want to drink it. Plan ahead. Plan a ride. Go there. Take advantage of everything that's available to you. Ireland offers uh, uh, non-drinking uh, tickets at a for sure. much reduced price. So if you want to bring a friend who uh, who's willing to, to take that role on, uh, that's a great idea. Or use public transportation, Absolutely. whatever Uber, Lyft, whatever brand name you like. Yeah, if you if you see me out there, I'll probably be hanging out by the Uda Pills booth or the, uh, the Omni booth. Come <laughs> come say hi and, and give me an elbow uh, yeah. in the ribs and, oh, and say hey, Schmitty. Thanks how you for doing? inviting me. Oh, Schmitty, co-host. You told me you had friend. to stay home and wash your hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do. You're Psych right. Gigs don't work on on, <laughs> on radio, do they? All right. Thank you so much for having us out here. We've oh, been talking is... about coming out here and doing a show for over a year now. Yeah, for right. Our, well, and, you know. Uh, Finally got it Talk done. about lessons learned. It, it, sometimes things just don't happen as fast as you think they will. You're right. Sure enough. Eventually they do happen if you're persistent. And I, I can't wait till we're at the point where I can say we're having a two-year-old birthday party. I, I remember being at your place when it first opened and drinking the beers, and it was friendly, and it was great. And that's that's just the joy of this industry. You know, part of people think we don't work hard because they see us having so much fun. But we do work hard. And we still do have a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, totally. Thank you. Congratulations on your two-year anniversary. Yeah. So thanks for uh, having us out. A lot of fun. You're always welcome. We'll be back with another show uh, next week. Join us. Cheers. This little song is more to the point. Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow.